What do you get when you mix two opinionated, honest to a fault, abrasive, yet considerate, say what you want to say, funny women? Well, you get this podcast. We're bossy and we're best friends. So welcome to the Bossy Besties Podcast. Wahoo! Season two. Why are you just all right? I'm like stressy today. I'm having like an anxiety day. Too much shit going on. Too much packed into one period of time. I don't know. Like, you know, I mean, that's just life, you know, but like some days you just handle it better than others. And today is one of those days that I'm not handling it very well. <laughs> um, I can relate. I think everyone can relate to that. Yeah. So it's just like, it's, I just need to, I need like a reset button. You know what I mean? Like I'll be cool. And I know logically in my head, everything's cool, but just some days it's like your brain and your feelings and everything are kind of like this fucked up traffic jam and you need to go in and like put stoplights and intersections in. <laughs> yep, exactly. So sometimes you just have to either stay the course but go slow or abort the mission and go lay down. <laughs> yeah, There's yeah. two options. Yeah, take a nap and reset. Um. So, I had a friend actually post on the internet the other day, and he had said, is there anybody else out there who's just, like, still severely exhausted, like, emotionally from 2020, and what are you doing about that? And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool of you to, like, come out and just ask the world those questions, and the responses from everybody, like, in agreement, just saying, like, yeah, I feel like the wind out of my sails in 2020 you just never really fully inflated again it's like having toddler like having a baby like once you have a baby like you're tired for seven to ten years like <laughs> i feel i feel like because i saw like a meme the other day that was like one day i just went to sleep and i woke up tired and i never felt good again like <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah like and i was like so i feel like that probably that kind of correlates sometimes to like pandemic fatigue yes and i was gonna say welcome to uh we're still in the pandemic but it'll be post pandemic depression <laughs> like yeah um and i think and too it's like we're getting we're in the gloomy days of uh you know southwest pa ohio you know up here the days are shorter the nights are longer the cold is colder yeah, the sun is fleeting. You don't really see it even when it is there. And we talked about this in a different group today about how, you know, we are we're reliant on the sun. You know, without the sun yeah. we die, right? So um, I was like, I got to get out my little vitamin D light. I hated it. My husband bought it when I had postpartum. And I was like, get that shit out of my face. Um, <laughs> it's so bright. I don't want that shit. Like, that's not even real light. Like, I hate it. But honestly, just having it, like, illuminated in the room, like, near my workspace and stuff, like, even if it's placebo effects, it makes me feel like I'm trying to be positive in my is, outlook. Is it, like, a, like a lamp? Or what is it? Is it, like, uh, like, explain it to me. What does it look like? So it's um, rectangles in shape, and it's hard white plastic and it like sits up like on a stand you know like if you had a kickstand for your phone it's like that yeah. but for this thing and you can put it landscape or portrait in 
um, the way you put it down, and then you just plug it in, and it gives off, like, an illumination, which is supposed to be, you know, mimicking the sun, vitamin D type stuff. Um, And there are things available, like, you've heard of a sun lamp before, so there's lamps and bulbs and stuff that give you that sun warmth and some of that vitamin effect. So it's like we're creating our own, um, this is like an idiot moment, but, you know, the shit that plants do. <laughs> okay, yeah. Chloroform. We're creating, right? That's the word? No, it's not. What is it? Chloroform? Is, I'm that's, pretty sure that, isn't that what yeah, you Yeah, that's what I'm going to put on a napkin with? if I'm on Days of Our Lives. I'm putting it on a napkin. Chlorophyll. <laughs> like borophyll. <laughs> I couldn't not say that, so you're welcome. Um, but yeah, that that's right, right? Not. I, I think so. I don't know. Leanne said that she saw a um, like a UV light that you can like move around your house for your plants, because she, you know, all of her plants live in her bathroom because they that's like the only room that gets sunlight. And all of my plants live in my kitchen because that's the only room that gets any sunlight. But she was considering buying this, like, movable, mobile UV lamp, I guess, so she can put plants, like, decoratively through her house and then still, like, they can still live because she can give them sunlight throughout the day with this lamp. Okay, yeah, well, this is, like, for a a plant, or a person, I mean, instead of a plant. And the word I was trying to think of is photosynthesis. (laughs) Oh. Okay. Yeah. Chlorophyll's, like, the, like, what they produce, right? Like, it's... Yeah, it's chloroplates that trap light energy. Yes. Yeah, so we were, like, in the ballpark, not completely incorrect, but photosynthesis is all I wanted there. It's been a long time since we've had, like middle school earth sciences <laughs> i know i need to watch a quick like adam ruins everything like everything you learn first through sixth grade can be taught to you in this one hour period um yeah. like <laughs> tricks on you six years idiot um <laughs> <laughs> it's muscle memory it's like yeah. unlocking core memories you know sometimes somebody will say something or you'll smell something and like you have like it's almost like an acid flashback of like this core memory of your hist, like your past. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like I totally forgot about that. But you instantly, very vividly remember that. Do you want to hear the weirdest one that I've heard of as of recent? Yes, absolutely. We were out of town in Chicago for a uh, family event. And Ron says to his sister, I had like a flashback when I went into the bathroom after so-and-so it's like they shit the same he was like i immediately thought of papu (laughs) the smell of the bathroom after one of his family members reminded him of going into the bathroom after his papu who has been passed oh my is what is papu is that like greek for grandfather grandfather? yeah okay (laughs) oh my god that is so funny I remember what my grandfather's shit smells like. (laughs) Like, but that's something you, like, don't forget, you know? Like, you grow up with your family, and it's like, oh, that smells like my dad, ew. Or, like, my mom, she listens to this, and she's like, don't talk about my pee. But me and my sister (laughs) always talk about, like, my mom's morning pee smelled bad. Like (laughs) It was full of just, like, coffee and cigarettes. Correct, correct, (laughs) correct. Every person born in the 80s parents 
urine probably smelled the same but like it was a distinct morning dehydration urine smell oh for sure nobody ever told anybody that you were actually supposed to drink lots of water to like be a healthy human like we're like the first generation that's really trying to convey that message i feel like we're like hey they put all this water out here for us to like live you know because we're all part of this planet together and stuff when did you ever drink a glass of water as a kid if it wasn't outside of like of a fucking garden hose or like a creek you know when i like... was mixing dirt in it for my sister um <laughs> <laughs> well i played sports so i never like drank glasses of water except for when we got home after sporting events then i would just walk up to the sink and just refill a cup and chug it and do it over and over again yeah that's true but i got all my water during sports activity so yeah and even then they were even then they were trying to give you like gatorade Gatorade and powerade (laughs) and shit you know well because it was new and it like marketed to the parents like oh if you want to give your kid the best chance of not getting like you know charlie horses and max performance then give them 56 grams of sugar (laughs) (laughs) like i didn't realize until i would be was i was diabetic uh i gestational diabetes well i had it with three of my four pregnancies but the first time i had it and i i went to drink a gatorade and i was like holy shit there's a lot of sugar in this like i never had a reason to like really pay attention to that stuff and then at 23 they were like dude like this is a very serious situation you have to pay attention to this stuff so when you just start like really checking every single nutritional label and you you think like how have i been living my life the wrong way my whole like for 23 years <laughs> i always wondered like if wilford brimley came to you in a dream you know like the uh undertaker <laughs> just like well you got diabetes you got the diabetes <laughs> or like you have like um oh you hear old people or the black folks say this a lot too they'd be like you got the sugar you got the sugar uh-huh. rich always says that he's like get the get the sugar foot <laughs> It's like that gave me sugar foot. <laughs> yeah, because people out here it. losing feet for sugar. Yeah, no lie. It's a real addiction. Yeah. Sugar is an my addiction. Gra- I, my grandparents. Yeah, well, I think it's like anything. You know, if if you have an addictive personality, your your brain is just telling you that you need to have that thing. Oh yeah. It's, it's like a stimulant. Right. Um. Somebody had said something recently about, you know, addictions and how the world just ignores alcohol as a drug. Um, And then I had seen something recently that was a thread and it said, if people don't admit that alcohol is a drug, so help me God, I'll pour an entire bottle of wine on their hair. (laughs) (laughs) And then it goes on to say, like, wine, drugs, beer, drugs, that's that awful cocktail you made in your dorm room out of leftover coffee, orange juice, and tequila. D-d-d-drugs. <laughs> and then it it just says, you know, <clears throat> this may sound obvious to you, but society at large puts alcohol in a removed category away from other drugs. If you tell most wine moms that they have a drug problem, they'd be appalled that you'd ever say such a thing. It's time for humanity to admit that we just like doing drugs. Most people's drugs of choice just happen to be alcohol. Also, caffeine is a drug, but, like, it's so baked into our culture because so many people rely on it to get through the workday, which should really say something about our relationship with work. But that's not a conversation the powers that be are eager to have. But what's the definition of the word drug, though? Like, the textbook... 
Webster, Miriam Webster, what is the definition of, of drug, the word drug? I, I'd be interested in what the actual definition of it is because if you're, if we're talking about it like that, I mean, there's things that are good for us that are drugs. Like, well, um, so definition of drug a substance used as a medication or in the preparation of medication. Well, then it's you can't call alcohol a drug. Alcohol is not a medication. It's not used as a medication. Well, that's just one of the answers. Oh, I apologize. So then, no, it's fine. My computer's being slow because I record in the garage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm outside with the cats. Um, then a substance recognized as an official pharmacopoeia or formulary and then a substance intended for use in the diagnosis care mitigation treatment or prevention of disease a substance other than food intended to affect the structure or function of the body which would be alcohol then but i feel like all of those definitions though are are defining a drug as something that's used to help you medicinally whether it's abused or not is a different story but even by that any of those definitions i don't feel like alcohol falls under any of them in my opinion, that's the way I, I'm hearing it. And now I'm just like, well, there's rubbing alcohol and there's different alcohols in drugs. So how did the drink of, you know, gin, tequila, whatever, come to be? Or is that not something that can be equated? So I was trying to do like a fast type <laughs> <laughs> just to see like, you know, why, why was it alcohol? Why was it created? It's kind of like you got margarine because you're trying to make plastic. Oh, like, was it, like, an accidental creation, you mean? So, well, or, like, you know, do we get alcohol because we were trying to make, Well, I think, didn't it come from, like, fermenting food, did it not? I thought, like, you know, when trying to preserve food back in the days when there weren't refrigerators or Ziploc baggies, they fermented a lot of food. And I think is, I, I think that's kind of where that originated because you know alcohol is a lot of time just for like vodka comes from potatoes you know the agave plant is where tequila comes from yeah well i just looked up the chemical analysis recently confirmed that the earliest alcoholic beverage in the world was a mixed fermented drink of rice honey and hawthorn fruit and or grape see fermented fruit they're trying they're trying to get fucked up not preserve shit (laughs) but i mean that's what i'm saying though like you when you realize oh like if we ate a lot of that fruit that we we fucking fermented we felt a little funny what if we do it this way you know like like an they probably somebody probably noticed some effects of it and then they started experimenting and creating like what would be considered the first actual cocktail yeah that would, I mean, you know. No, yeah, it makes sense. I was just bringing up the fact that, you know, when you rely heavily on any substance, then I feel like people say it's a drug. Right, but I'm, like that's in my, modern that's terms. My, right. But picking that's, it they, to the definitions, then this is where you would just be I able was just to playing devil's that. advocate. Well, no, I'm like, this is where you just say that shit on that post and then wait for everybody to be like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> and i don't even know how we got here to be honest with you i don't we know we just started Who chatting and i was knows. like here we are oh did you hear i fucking i read some crazy shit today tell me I more no <laughs> did you have you heard that jfk jr was supposed to come back today and announce 
his uh, position as <laughs> VP running mate for Donald Trump in 2024. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you read that God. at? The child? Dog, listen. Legitimately, a bunch of QAnon people gathered on the grassy knoll from which JFK was shot. And they were there because they believed that JFK Jr. was going to come today and say, hey guys, surprise, not dead. And I faked my death because I wanted to change political parties and I was afraid of persecution. But now I'm back and I'm here to say I'm running with old Trumpito (laughs) for 2024. This was legitimately something that fucking happened today. I'll tell you why I don't know about that because that's insanity and i'm not queuing on so i'm just living my regular make sense life <laughs> dude i totally stay away from this shit but like i got into like a uh, like snapchat stories hole like mm. i thought fo- i was like you're friends follow, with some like, special folk well no i was watching like, I, I follow like this thing called like i don't know i think it's called like so addictive or something and it's just like basically like them popping and it's like asmr kind of stuff like and then, like, by the time you, like, f- watch all the stories of the things that you follow, then it just starts playing, like, the Daily Mail and, like, other things just after the fact. And I'm just, like, I was trying to, like, zone out. And so I'm just sitting at the table by myself just, like, watching all of these nonsense things. And I came across that one and I was, like, oh, for the love of God. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Send me back to the, like, boiling bath bombs like i I'm, i don't want any of this i don't care if <laughs> kylie kardashian or kylie jenner is fucking engaged and i don't care about if a her lot name's of kardashian things. or jenner right <laughs> <laughs> obviously well um oh, i need to give us a pivot here because i feel like we're gonna get on in our episode and then we're like and we had no subject because we had a great time chatting hope you were here for that um which we know you all are so like you're welcome for all this in the beginning but um i did want to address the change of some colleges in pennsylvania state schools namely one we went to and graduated from and i'm wearing the sweatshirt of cal Cal you um (laughs) california university of pennsylvania i wore it um out with my kid trick-or-treating and people were like there's a pennsylvania in california i was like no there's a california in pennsylvania i was like and this is not a halloween costume (laughs) but now it kind of is i guess because it is no more isn't that true yeah so the state schools um they were like combining there was downed enrollment and so they i guess they were all struggling and so here on the west side of the state um Edinburgh and Clarion and Cal U have now all combined into one parent campus, well, parent college. And uh, what is their name? I believe it's Penn West. Penn West. And then everybody kept saying West Penn is a. Uh... It's our energy provider here in Southwest PA. <laughs> yep. So that's what we'll be looking at. I think they're officially changing the name next year. Is that true? 
Uh, I don't know what the date is. I think it's crazy, though. So I want, here's my question. Like, are they all equally accredited? Like, let's say you get into Penn State, um, but somebody who didn't have, like, Penn State, Maine, and then somebody didn't have, like, the best grades, and they got into, like, Penn State, Fayette. Obviously, Penn State, Fayette does not hold the weight the Penn State, Maine campus holds. Is it going to be a situation like that? Like, is one going to be kind of like the bigger one to get into and two are like, eh? Or will they all equally be a crit? You know what I mean? I feel like they're all the same because it's, they're all on the same scale individually right now. So then combining them on the same scale, but they're going to specialize at certain universities or something to my understanding. Okay. So it's going to be a new university that's affordable, but focused on meeting students' needs, like in individual ways. So I think the reason they did it is for the um, online degree part so that you can mm. take classes across all three and receive the same pretty much degree. It's kind of like what um, they did in New York with the SUNY schools. Mm, I don't know anything about that. Um, they're all under one umbrella, but they're individual campuses, and you can... So, like, do you mean, like, one campus will be more, like, arts-driven, and one would be, like, more tech, and one would be more science? Like, do you mean, like, something like that? Like, they'll individually do their own thing? Like, have more focused, and, like, that's where, like, most of the labs for whichever they're Yeah, and then all of your general... I think that's the way it's going to go. And then all your general education classes aren't going to be offered on each campus. So like not all math will be at one place, but maybe math in the 300 right. levels only offered at this place at on this um, certain part of the year semester. Thank you brain. Mm. Um, so then instead of always waiting, you know how like, when we enrolled in college, if you recall, they would say, oh make sure God. you take this class in your third semester or your yeah. like, you know, whatever, because if you don't take it in fall, then you will not be able to get into there until your graduation year. And it fills up so fast. You might not even get in, you yeah, know, and then like, you get drunk and forget to set your alarm and get up and, and then you're crying in your advisor's office <laughs> and saying, I just, I need to be done with school. <laughs> Trying to sell your soul and or your ass to get into that class find somebody who's like a freshman and be like listen i'll give you 500 dollars if you drop the class for me <laughs> like, i will go buy all of your alcohol because you're 18 <laughs> i'm 22 and i've made mistakes <laughs> i'll supply oh an underager God. to graduate um, i seriously am very glad that i went to college for the experience and the people that i i met but what a fucking ripoff <laughs> oh i mean honestly like if they would just well, I don't know, because I feel like having that, like, sense of some sort of responsibility with, like, the classes part um, kind of structures it for safety. Because if we were just working, then we would just be, like, people who work at Cedar Point for the summer, just wilding out, everybody doing everybody. <laughs> And doing crazy things with no throwing caution to the wind because they have no, like, real responsibility. You just have to show up for that shift. Well, I think that, like, I saw at one point somebody had, like, done the level of math that I don't have the time or interest to do. Um, and said, like, if the, if co the price of college 
inflated with, you know, everything else, like the regular inflation rates from like what it costs to get a college degree in like, let's say the 60s or 50s, like it would still only be like 5,400 bucks a year. Yeah. Like it's insane that people are graduating college with, you know, anywhere from 50 to 50000 to like $250,000 in debt. And they're like getting an $18 an hour fucking starting job because they have to have a degree to even get that position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yep. unbelievable. It's not realistic. And we're being taken advantage of. We were the experimental generation that they convinced of this shit. Like, well, that's why, and well, and that's the thing too. Like, and that's why they're combining these universities because enrollment's down because people are fucking onto it, man. Like, hey, you know what? I can get, I can get one of these online degrees. I can do a degree a little bit at a time. It's really who you know. To it, nepotism is everything at the end of the day when it comes to being an adult and getting a job. Let's be one hundred percent honest. You got to right. know somebody to even get your foot in the door. So it's it's like, you get your foot in the door at a young age. You work, you figure out what it is that you want to do, you save up some money, you take some classes here and there, you're not wasting, like, time and money, like, figuring it out, like we did. How many people did we know that switched their major or don't, never have an interest as an adult to really do what they majored in, you know, like... Oh, so many people I know have become the thing they went to school to become, and then turned around and said, I don't want to be this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Real world experience really lets you know if it's a place you want to be for a career. You're too fucking young at 18, I'm telling you, to say, I know what I want to do for the rest of my life and what's going to make me happy. You haven't fucking dipped your toes in the water of life to really understand who you are and what's going to make you happy for the rest of your life. I promise you that. Yep. But the experience and the camaraderie of forced interactions in a college campus without knowing anybody was a cool thing. And if that could be recreated in some way, I feel like people need to get out there. So if you didn't get to go to camp as a kid, go to college, I guess. (laughs) Otherwise, like you had (laughs) the experience. That was my (laughs) first experience as that was mine as like a young girl from podunk fucking nowhere to be around people of other ethnicities and cultures and experiences like uh, you know what well, I've talked before I moved out to California when I was 18 and jumped in there and ended up coming back here and finishing school but it was it was a huge culture shock for me it was one that I loved and embraced but what what would have happened if I wouldn't have done that you know so it's like it, it's I absolutely see the benefits of it, like you said, the the social experiment of it. But holy fuck, that's an expensive social experiment. Oh yeah, for sure. But um, I did want to do a quick plug because of college. We both know somebody who could use a little bit of a plug. Uh, our friend Kevin, um, he was diagnosed with hairy cell leukemia and has a really cool business where he makes his own pieces of art out of woodworking and um beautiful he does a great job yeah so support his shop it's out of charleston um south carolina um 
You can look him up on Instagram, the name of his shop. Um, McCarthy Arts. And we'll also post it on our social media pages as well. And if you aren't in the way of the world that you're looking for a really cool, awesome, one-of-a-kind piece, but you maybe want to see if you could just win one with some luck, donate to the GoFundMe. We'll post a link for that too. And help somebody out who is out here helping anybody he can out. So that's a plug from our college friend. And so then the next order of business is um, talk about more college stuff, right? So uh, after that aside, I think one of the things people go to college to do also is either party their faces off and or lose their virginity, Mm. right? Like that's like a story that people have about college. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you know, I only had sex with my high school boyfriend or girlfriend. And then I, when I went to college, I really was, you know, exploring my um, sexual appetite and where I wanted to go with everything. Right. Yeah. And and so um, when I listened to the TED talk, did you get a chance to listen to it yet? I did. I listened to it this morning, actually. Awesome. So we listened to a TED short um about virginity and i thought it was a super um good quick listen says it's eight minutes but i think it's like six and a half if you take out all the beginning and ending crap of edits and credits um so what did you think of the short i loved it because so the i i like that she spoke about how the way we've created this idea of virginity is that it becomes something that's taken from us and that we give to somebody and then and then we set these expectations of um it's this like special bottled thing and you know (laughs) we it it becomes not uh an equitable transaction and and we're taught as women well girls that the first time's gonna hurt and you know that you're not supposed to just give it to anybody (laughs) And I think I don't use that word with my kids. You know, they're getting to that age where we are having to have these type of conversations. Not that they're ready to be sexually active, but it's. I think it's something that you need to talk about before it's time. And I don't ever use that word because I don't, I'm in the mindset of sex is supposed to be fun at the right time whenever you're, willing ready and able and so i really enjoyed her talk uh, about it so you don't use the word virginity when you talk to your kids nope. you just say the first time you have sex i always say um when the time comes and you're ready and you choose to have sex I don't okay. do the I don't do the when a man and a woman love each other very much. Like, <laughs> first of all, that shit doesn't fly in my house because we have like sexual fluidity all through this house. But also, um, I I would be a hypocrite, and I also would be I feel like it would be self loathing in a way to to try and preach something that one I didn't live by, and two something that I don't believe in. So. I mean, where do you, what did you think? Where do you sit on it? So I thought it was 
interesting the part about you know it's something that you give to someone and then you have to like they get to keep it forever that's theirs now they've collected your virginity or whatever you know right and one of the things i didn't think that they had covered was you know the difference of a male versus a female when it comes to having sex for the first time and the social implications of the difference between the two Because obviously it was a, well, I mean, not obviously to our listeners, but obviously to us because we listened to it. It was a female who was speaking. So it was like from her point of view. But I would have loved to have heard that from a male on the other side of it all. I think it would have been interesting. Well, you mean to hear, I I mean, that's the thing, though. You have to find somebody who is of the same idea though that that that's an antiquated term and hear mm-hmm. why they say that right because i and think it is it is kind of i i feel like we're in this like new sexual awakening where you know we're saying it's okay to have sex and not be married which and that was one of the things i think she said something like 70 percent of people have sex before they're married or something like that now like it's Mm -hmm. a very high percentage when that used to be very much so the other way and um i think i don't know that it was so much the other way it was just not talked about as openly or freely i think and i think it was i mean especially what you you look at the history of um girls being married off and and chosen to whom they were going to be married to they were young they didn't have you know i mean we're outside of you know we're not talking like about like the 60s you know well that's what i am because we weren't alive in the 60s and 70s our children surely were not so i feel like that's where i go with when we say like in history because we can't touch anything farther than that anyways so that's why i was only thinking in short history not in long long history well i mean even if it's short history though it's still think about how we grew up you always hear people talking about oh the dirty hippies like (laughs) they were (laughs) they were looked at people most people looked at them like they were insane for the way that they behaved like for like smoking pot and like banging on the lawn at a concert you know like and I, th- I really do think it's very different now that we're just like, hey, it's okay to have sex. It's okay to have sex with men and women and men and women at the same time. And you don't have to be married. And surprise, women are supposed to have orgasms. You know, it's not all about like making babies and, you know, not ever. I only know maybe one person that's ever. Can you imagine like I not ever having orgasms like that was not commonplace like nobody gave a shit if women had orgasms and for a while they even said it was a myth like (laughs) (laughs) that women cannot so they're always making it there's no such thing they're just there to (laughs) to born the children like get out of here but there are you know very old things like the Kama Sutra like that's not new that's old so that's about everyone so it just matters in what part of the globe you're in too well yeah I mean that's very that's an eastern idea I mean I'm I'm speaking like more western civilization ideas I mean if you but if you look let's go long history again though you look at like Roman and Greek times it it was and it was free for all orgies you know it was Mm -hmm. like once once basically christianity became like the looming dark cloud of how to 
get everybody to get in line, that's when they started putting the chastity belts back on women. Like, come on, dog. Like, it's man and woman and make out babies and go to church on Sundays and do what we say or God will smite you. Like, really, Christianity is kind of what put the chokehold on on sexual prowess and experiences, if you if you really want to think about it. No, I absolutely do think about it like that because I went to Catholic grade school. So when we listened to that um, TED talk, I was like, yeah, well, that's how they like present it to you. And they're like, act like you're like the deflowering. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like this beautiful thing you hold will no longer be. Um, And so, you know, growing up, I like heard that crap all the time. I never really believed in it because I had the platform of aunts and uncles that were probably the ones banging in lawns and shit you know so yeah i wasn't surrounded by like a whole like you know like the grandparents were like the tight the uptight ones or whatever you know because they're grandparents and they're older and back from back in the days and yeah betrothments um (laughs) but i thought about all that kind of stuff too but that's the patriarchy too that's that patriarchal power over women to say like you said like once you're deflowered you you are worth less like you are Mm -hmm. not worth as much once somebody takes that from you like you have no value once you're not like this fresh unbroken hymen person like that doesn't even, even make any fucking sense but that's that was how they controlled women and the only way i was controlled was holy shit if you have sex you're having a baby like that is real life like i believed the gym teacher from mean girls (laughs) if you have sex you will get pregnant and you will die (laughs) (laughs) because my two sisters they had sex and they got pregnant now they did not die but they both had sex and got pregnant in short short time age 15 (laughs) age 18 and i'm like i want to i want to be a kid as long as I can be a Toys R Us kid. So I am going to find things inside of Toys R Us to play with instead of boys or <laughs> anyone. So I was like, yeah, this is what we do. But like the holding onto the virginity because it's like the thing that holds you together. I don't, I feel like it's a very small percentage of people in our age range that believed in that at all, but played along with it for the sake of the game. Well, that's what, yeah, I mean, it was something that was always ingrained into us. And whether you acted outside of it or not, it was still always something you thought about. Right. Like, um, I, I was very, you know, free with myself, promiscuous, if you will. But that mm-hmm. was a choice that I made. But don't think that, and I and I was very confident that these were the, this is what I wanted to do. But don't think, think that at some point, child whatever doing somebody that now, would make... When they're, a, when they're 20, 20, 21, 22, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it, it, as long as they're safe, and that's another conversation that I have with them. It's, a, it, it's about being safe. I talk about consent, being comfortable. You can say no. You can say yes and then say no. You should always respect somebody else's no. Like, this is these. I have these very open conversations with my kids because – I'm not going to say, oh, I don't want my kids fucking. Like, they're going to fuck. They're going to fuck a lot of people. Like, it just is what it is. And if we, if we can't just be cool with it and have, like, 
and, and and just tell them like you know this is the best way to do it you know i mean not mechanically but you know we're setting them up for a success then i think i hate you dude you're setting me up for not success you're just saying a bunch of shit trying to get me not laughing <laughs> <laughs> like i'm so serious not mechanically like, i mean no yeah i mean i'm not gonna give <laughs> tips on how to do it but i mean i'm t- i'm telling you like hey be cool man kid. <laughs> oh my but no like i don't ever want vivian to be fucking anybody i don't care she's only two and a half and i'm thinking you know 12 years later like i don't want like yeah 2021 20, 22 go ahead but like girl you know i didn't tell are, my kids to go out and start fucking i'm just but saying, there are people is... out there starting fucking at 12 and 13 years old would you be fine with that because that's a normal thing that's when we come into our sexual awakening and experimental stage like that's what i think of and i'm like i'm not okay with that i'm like you can read books and watch these videos of how to's on mannequins or something you can start to collect your information if you like but i don't want you touching anybody till you're out of my house (laughs) i don't listen here i'm not i'm not i don't not out of my house but i mean like I, first of all, I think kids should be kids and should remain kids as long as they can be. I think I don't think my kids at this age, at 12 and 13 and 10, are ever out of my sight line or for me knowing what's going on or where they're at or what they're doing to be sexually involved. I've also had conversations with them and they express to me that they are not ready for that, which is great. I don't think that they are either. I definitely but, think your kids are going to tell you. I, right. And I, but I think that, you know, if, if I were to say my kid's 16, 17 years old and don't think that they're heavy petting in a parking lot somewhere, then I'm truly lying to myself because that's what we were doing. Like, come on. And, and so what? Like, be safe, no consent, you know, don't get pregnant when you're, if you're not ready to get pregnant. You know, I, I think, I don't think there's any, should be any shame behind it. I'm still not going to be okay with it is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to put them in a closet, like in carry or anything and shame them for wanting to do things, but I'm still not going to be okay with it. I definitely feel like at some point you're going to tell Vivian that she will get pregnant and die if she has sex. Yeah, I'm probably just going to show that scene from me and like, listen to the coach. <laughs> Listen to the coach. All right, now let's watch this movie. It's called She's Having a Baby. Let's watch this other movie. It's called 15 and Pregnant. You know, I'm going to pull out all the classics from Lifetime when Lifetime used to be the channel to watch. But you're just, but don't you, but that's my point, though. It's like you're teaching her that it's not something that she should, like, it's something she should. It, like it's it's a good thing sex is a good thing it can be a good thing oh so, i know it's a great thing i mean i have a trophy from it but, but what are you gonna do like whenever you feel she's the right age and you're comfortable with her exp- experiencing her body or somebody else i mean i think gonna it be will like, all come of okay age for her. i was just kidding <laughs> it'll all come of age for her and then i will probably come of age as a parent at you the know, when she's she older yeah like, when she's older and she starts like being a real person and like with boobs and things you're gonna be like okay it's, you'll come to it i think i know you'll come because to i'm it. there with my nieces like they could tell me things so 
Like, if they wanted to discuss, yeah, like, I think oh, you'll what get is there. this, I would probably do that for them. I hope my sister would do it for me, since it seems weird. My baby <laughs> will grow up and become a whole person. I know. It's gross. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I think the virginity thing was a good listen, and we covered pretty much everything in it. But I'm glad that we got to have the conversation about, like, what if your kids are out here fucking? Yeah. <laughs> How you going to deal with that? Um, but we will, um, we can post up the link to that TED talk too, if anybody's interested in listening to it. You got seven minutes, finish this episode and then click on the link. Um, uh, what, uh, so did you bring, did you bring a question to end this week's episode? I did. My question is, where is the strangest place you've urinated or defecated? Mm, In a plant at Loggerheads. The strangest place you've urina- urinated is in a in a plan at loggerheads. <laughs> <laughs> I don't was even it remember an indoor or an outdoor plan. It was indoor, and I don't even remember doing it. Uh, Rich told me about it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so you were there, apparently. I don't know that to be true, but okay. <laughs> Like, I believe you, because I feel like Rich don't make up stuff like that. But yeah, I don't remember that. Was I the work? Was I working? I don't. Re- I'll have to ask was the I details. Was I the bartender? And you just like, like he, I don't know. Plant. He brings it up every now and then. Like, remember that time you were drunk as fucking pissing that plane at loggerheads? I'm like, oh, no, but it's so something I would do. One of the best pee stories I have of you is peeing in that cup on the bus. <gasps> there was so much pee in that McDonald's yeah. cup on the way to like, like did you Petty. even like cut it off and empty it and then finish peeing? I think or something? I had, I think I might've had to have dumped it out the window and finish yeah. or no, maybe. Well, that was when I had strong Kegels. Now it asked me to cut off a pee halfway through ain't happening. That pelvic wall is ain't the same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what about defecated? The weirdest place I've ever defecated. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. When I was a kid once, um, I don't remember where I was. I just remember like my parents had a friend that had a boat and this wasn't like a friend we saw all the time. This was like a friend that we would see like once every five or six years and they took us out on their boat and I was swimming in the lake or river, whatever it was at the time. And I had to shit. And so like swam away from everybody else. Cause I'm like, I don't know what to do and I don't want to tell anybody. And we're in the middle <laughs> of this body of water. And I, pull my bathing suit to the side and I pooped in this lake or river and I remember it floated to the surface and I was like oh my god what am I gonna do oh my god (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell you how I had to have been like maybe like I don't know eight or nine years old like I just swim away from my poop and blame it on someone else over here (laughs) (laughs) that's awful and awesome that would be my uh, the weirdest place I ever urinated and or defecated. <laughs> All right. So the weirdest place that I ever uh, urinated was while driving my car. <laughs> just right there in my driver's seat. I just pissed myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, a regular Thursday for me. Well, so it was like I like had a coughing fit. And I peed enough that, like, I, like, peed through my pants. And 
it was hurting me to hold my pee any longer because I had already started kind of peeing. And then I coughed one more time and I just was like, there's nothing else I can do at this point. So I'm just going to keep, I'm just going <laughs> to finish done. peeing because I'm already wet and I'm going to have to clean all the seats and stuff. So whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've given up on life at this moment. Uh-huh. So that's the peeing. And then um, besides the fact that I've told everyone in our first season that I shit myself (laughs) my way in my house before, um, besides like accidentally shitting myself, um, I have had to use my kitchen trash can (gasps) before. Yeah. Um, One bathroom household. Yeah. And being pregnant and also having IBS does not allow for much waiting when it's gotta go gotta go gotta go right now gotta go gotta go gotta go right now so yeah that's our gross and weird and funny question of the uh, episode so i hope that at least three people laughed at either of our stories (laughs) don't weep for us we lived also i'm sorry mark and joy if you if you hear about this I can only hope it gets back to them and they reach out. <laughs> we can interview them. <laughs> but I think that's going to be it for us. And then uh, next week's going to be Thanksgiving. So we'll have our Thanksgiving episode out for you. We're not leaving you on this holiday because we just started. So we will see you next week. Bossy Besties Season 2.